This is Janelle Wood, and you are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. Hi, friend. I've been anticipating sharing this particular episode with you for months now. Where is God when the darkness creeps in? What does it look like to wrestle with mental health issues and hold on to Jesus? What about self-harm? or suicide, or what about suffering? This is an episode that will introduce those questions and topics today. And in today's culture, it's considered pretty standard to share a trigger warning before an episode discussing topics such as those. So I wanted to be sensitive to that. We are going to be talking about mature themes surrounding anxiety, depression, and suicide this month. And here to introduce those themes and really curate the rest of this month's content by being vulnerable with her own story and struggles is one of my favorite young women. Her name is Nora. And I'm both humbled and grateful to be able to share our real conversation with you today. Before we dive into today's episode, as I mentioned in the past couple of episodes, finding something real is in the process of trying to raise support for season seven. We want to help reach more young people, and you can help. Simply go to findingsomethingreal.com backslash fundraising to learn more. And while you're over there, please sign up to receive the free seven questions resource designed to inspire and equip you for deep faith conversations, kind of along the lines of the one you're listening into today. I pray that if you are a person who has struggled with questions relating to your purpose or your mental health, You'll find you're not alone when you listen to Nora's story here. Please know that there is hope. And if you are a person who has wondered how to love someone well, who is struggling with their mental health, I pray this episode will help equip and encourage you. Hey there. In season six, I am looking for young women who can have real conversations about spirituality. Finding something real is a place for questions It's a space for honest dialogue where people from all sides of belief can have a safe and loving space to genuinely talk and explore faith. And it all starts with the conversation, a lot like the episode you're currently listening to. So if you are a young woman between the ages of 18 to 25, you are questioning faith, deconstructing what you've grown up with or wondering about spirituality, And if you have questions about God that you would be willing to talk about on a podcast, if that's you, I would love to schedule a time to meet each other. Go to findingsomethingreal.com and click on be on the podcast for more information. And P.S. If this doesn't describe you, but maybe somebody you love, would you do me a huge favor and tell your loved one? Thanks in advance. I would love to hear from you. I am so grateful that you're here. If you've been listening to the Finding Something Real podcast this season, you know that we are um, having real conversations with different young women and just going on a journey together. Um, What is real? We want the real thing. And um, I believe as a Christian that's found in relationship with Jesus Christ, every month I have a different young woman on here. Maybe she's a Christian, maybe she's not. Um, But together we go on a journey together and um, invite Christian guests on to address the questions and the story and 
maybe even the objections that she shares in the first episode of the month. So this episode is the first episode of this month. I'm so grateful that you're listening because I am blessed with a young woman being here with me in the Zoom recording studio um, that I have wanted to have on this podcast for a long time, but um, the timing needed to be right. Um, It needed to be on her terms and uh, when she felt ready. Um, And so I haven't asked her for a long time and uh, probably... I don't know. It's been a few months, at least. I, I always kind of do like drop it like, hey, if you ever want to. But I've, I've tried really hard to be uh, aware of, of the pressure that might add. So I, I've tried not to do that, just in full transparency. Um, but uh, she's someone that I care about very much. And um, I've known now for a few years, although we've never actually met in person, which is wild, um, because she's uh, an important part of my life. And I'm just really, really grateful that she's here, but she's going to share her story and um, I'm not going to introduce much more, but Nora from Sweden, welcome to the Finding Something Real podcast. Thank you. Good to be here finally. (laughs) And also nerve wracking. Nerve wracking. Well, you were on here once before, was it or twice before, twice before. Yeah, because you came on the episode that we did in December of 2020. Um, I did a little uh, like birth, it wasn't even a birthday episode. It was a Christmas episode for um, whoever was listening, but also for myself. It was before we even started the format like this in 2021. Um, All you girls came on the podcast with me and I got to share uh, the different young women in my life uh, that have been an important part of my life because of um, international exchange. We'll link that show in the notes. If you want to know more about Nora here, you can always go back to where she was three years ago. Um, but, uh, and then you also came on with Esther Littlefield. We had a conversation with her, um, which was really powerful. You, I think we're standing in for somebody. I can't remember do you remember the, the context of that one? I think that was still in the time where you didn't regularly have oh. co-hosts. Okay. Because that was it. That was in 2020 as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then things have just kind of evolved since then. And yeah. yeah <laughs> you've kind of been around to, to watch it all from afar. Um, tell, tell the listener a little bit more about who you are uh, what's it like growing up in Sweden? Um, I mean, I don't have much to compare with, but it's a good country. I I grew up in the same city I live in now, and I like it. Yeah. How big of a city is yeah. it? I mean, it's bigger than the whole you you live in. <laughs> but <laughs> bigger than five thousand. Yeah, I think it's around hundred thousand, maybe. Hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and on your best day, what are things that you love to do? I love to be creative in all kinds. <laughs> I have my periods where I paint or knit or photograph and bake and all the things. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I always love seeing my friends and family. Yeah. And you have some, uh, family members that are little that you kind of adore I've seen lots of pictures yeah Yeah. I've got seven (laughs) nieces and nephews Mm. (laughs) and I can attest to her baking skills because I don't remember if it was 2020 or 2021 but you sent some truffles that you had made and they were amazing and then she had decorated the box and it was all custom And it was so cute. She had drawn the truffles and explained what they were. And it was, it was beautiful. It was really lovely. And then you and I, how did we meet? Well, I was supposed to be your exchange student in 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. But then Corona hit and I couldn't go. So we've only been in in contact online since. Yeah. It's three, like three over three years, years ago. Yeah. yeah. By the time this air is probably three and a half years, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but we, I think if I remember correctly, we had gotten connected with you right before COVID like blew up. It was like just a couple of weeks yeah. beforehand, right? It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was and crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. And then it was really touch and go. And then we would talk quite often and then um, it, I think it was in July that you found out you wouldn't actually be able to come. And yeah. that was really, uh, really hard. Um, how did that affect you? So before we jump into that, like, tell me about how your family structure growing up. What was that like? Um, what's your family um, of origin like? My parents got divorced when I was five. Um, and I have three siblings. Uh, on my mother's side, who are much older than me. Um, And yeah, so I grew up living uh, one week with my dad and one week with my mom and so back and forth. And uh, yeah, my siblings moved out pretty early since they're older. So I mostly grew up alone with my parents although I saw my siblings a lot too but yeah Hmm. how much older are your siblings my youngest sibling is nine years older okay wow yeah (laughs) my my, uh, oldest sibling or my older siblings are nine and a half and 11 years older than me my my half sisters and so I, I can visualize that gap. It's quite a difference. Yeah. It's like starting over, right? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it I could see how that might feel like an only child situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, how was it going back and forth between your parents' houses? It was hard a lot. Uh, a lot of the times I felt like I was living in a suitcase. Um and I mean, I did go back and forth for many years, but eventually I got sick of it and I started living uh, in another month. And then I started living only with my mom and then only with my dad. So, and now I live by myself. And this is the first time I felt more like home. Mm. I've been kind of all around before. Yeah. 
Because uh, how old are you currently? I'm 20. Okay. So you've got your own place. Um, yeah. Tell me about that time from the time July 2020 to now. Um, yeah, I just want to hear a little bit about your journey in there. Yeah, I, uh, well, to start off, I have never really felt truly happy, I think, not since I was a kid. But when the exchange year got cancelled, it kind of escalated and I went deep into a depression. Um, and now, three years later, I still struggle a lot with my mental health. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's been a battle and it's still a long way to go, but I am better now mm -hmm. than I have been. Yeah. Praise the Lord for that. Um, yeah. You've been in and out of the hospital quite a few times. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's been a, a real, a real journey. Um, yeah. Sure. And uh, tell me, see, you never felt truly happy. Um, tell me about the last time you did feel happy, really happy. I mean, that might be a, be put in a wrong way. I I do feel happy, but I haven't really felt happy for a longer period since I can remember, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's always been something nagging. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know. Um, but I, I do feel happiness. And my depression has gotten much better. Um, and I have started to feel more alive again, mm -hmm. even though I still struggle really much with the anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So why did you come here today? What made you decide to come? Well, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I've been wanting to do it. And I just felt like now was the time. I have gotten out of the deep hole, at least the deepest hole. And I feel like I can do this and I want to. So yeah. <laughs> that's before, before we hit record, you said something to me about, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. And yeah. I said, God's light shines the brightest in the darkness. And there is no pit so deep, quoting Corey Ten Boom, by the way, uh, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And while um, I'm sure that I've put a disclaimer on this episode at the beginning of, uh, you know, after this is all edited, I'll have a little greeting and I'm sure you've heard that listener, but um, this is an important conversation because uh, Nora, what you've been through with your mental health it's something that so, so many young people are struggling with. And um, the question of whether God can reach into those places and what does that look like and what does true happiness look like and what, you know, the meaning and all that stuff, like those are questions that so many people are asking. I mean, the numbers for anxiety and depression and loneliness um, are just so high right now. And so I know that you are not alone. 
I know that this conversation is going to shed light on some things that maybe somebody is keeping in the dark. And so I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, before you even share what these questions are or about your faith journey, how brave I think you are and how grateful I am for you being willing to share this. Um, and, uh, I love you. And as I shared with you before we hit record, if at any point you're like, I, I'm just not ready, we will stop this whole thing because I love you too much to put you through something that would be detrimental. But I know Jesus saves. I know he does. And so if we can help anybody collectively, uh, and even as you are asking these questions, uh, then let's do it together. I think it's uh really powerful. So that said, I'll stop, you know, being all sentimental and uh, worked up emotionally. But you're a Christian. Tell me about that. Yeah, I started going to church in eighth grade. And I, it's been a a journey. Mm -hmm. I went to church a lot in the first few years on youth groups and small groups and all the stuff. Um, but then since my mental health deteriorated, I kind of drifted apart from God. Mm-hmm. Um, it became a sure that I needed to do. And I just I didn't have energy or willpower to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've kind of gotten to a place where I want to have more Jesus in my life. And I think also that's why I feel like I'm ready to have this conversation. Yeah, I want to dig deeper in my faith. Mm-hmm. So um, backing up just a little bit, um, I think you told me your mom is a Christian. What was yeah. uh, faith, what was that like in your home growing up? And do other family members believe? And, and what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Like, how does that change? Uh, you know, w- what did you notice about her being a Christian? Nothing, really. Um, I mean, I didn't go to Sunday school or... And we never went to church on Sundays together. Um, I know my siblings did when they were young, uh, but their father was also a Christian back then. Um, so I don't know. My, my mom says she's a Christian, and I think she's been starting to go to church more recently. But it's not really something we've ever talked about. Okay. Um, so when you were in eighth grade and you went to church, what happened there that you were like, I'm a Christian now? Well, I think somewhere I always believed God existed. But I remember in the beginning, I I didn't really believe the mir- miracles that Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just believed there's something and then as I started to get to know more about the Bible and about Jesus then I somewhere yeah grew grew my faith yeah yeah Yeah. so do you have was there a moment where you're like 
you know how people talk about, because I know you've been involved in different church activities. You love to help uh, with some different events and stuff. Um, And the church that you go to, I think it's really like uh, powerful. I've seen some of the worship videos and stuff. They're doing some amazing things. Um, But did you ever have a like come to Jesus moment where you're like, Lord, I want you. I'm going to give you my life. I want to like follow you. Do you remember having a moment like that? We do. It was uh, like a few months after I started going to church. There was a New Year's uh, event in my church. And I believe that was the first time I confessed my faith, kind of, and said that I wanted to dedicate my life to Jesus. Mm. But after then, I feel like that's there's been more moments like that. I kind of renewed that yeah. <laughs> trust and faith. A common constantly. experience. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that was probably the first time. Yeah. Did you, yeah. Um, I don't know if you were baptized as a baby, but did you make a decision to get baptized as an adult or as a teenager? Yeah. yeah. When was that? That was in the end of eighth grade. The end of eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then were, did you have friends that were believers too that you could talk to and share faith with? Both yes and no. I started hanging out with a group of friends in church. And, uh, well, we, we had a small group where we talked about faith and just hung out. But other than that, I felt kind of left out. Mm. Um, So I would go to youth meetings and kind of just stand behind their backs and not really be noticeable. Mm. And I don't blame those people today. But it was hard Mm. not having someone to confide in or share faith with if you could go back to uh, that moment when you were in eighth grade uh seeing people kind of circle up and you feeling on the outside looking in um what do you think uh what do you think was going on there did you was it because you were introverted and they just didn't notice or was it because they were uh, exclusive and you felt like you didn't belong or was it both? What do you think if you could go back to that moment? Well, a lot was my own insecurities and also I've always been shy and had a hard, hard time reaching out first. Um, so when I, they did invite me in in the beginning and I was probably too laid back and just drifted along without taking any initiatives. Mm. And I mean, eventually you stop trying when Mm. someone doesn't try enough, maybe. (laughs) So I I want to pause here just real quick because sometimes um, Christians will listen to this podcast. People who would say that they're pretty strong in their faith and they listen, I think in part, maybe, I mean, I, I, Listener, if I'm wrong, please send me an email. (laughs) But I think sometimes there's this listening in of like, what, what, 
you know, how do I have a conversation with somebody who, you know, is dealing with something like this or whatever, you know, it's kind of like a learning thing, almost um, an educational thing, if you will. And if you were a youth leader, if you were somebody who saw somebody on the outside looking in and kind of hanging back, what advice or encouragement would you give to that person of how they could love someone like you in that moment? I honestly don't know. I mean, I did talk to a few youth leaders and they were really kind and encouraging and I almost felt like they were more my friends than the so-called friends that I didn't really belong with. Hmm. But I mean, I felt like they were kind of powerless. I don't know what they could have done. Yeah. Or said that, that would really change the situation. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you were kind of unhappy. Did you feel like yeah. you were hiding that unhappiness inside? Like, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Why Why didn't you share that unhappiness with people? It's just always been that way. Um, we've never talked about feelings at home. And I haven't had friends when after like second grade i never really had any close friends so i can kind of got used to just being alone and keeping everything inside Hmm. yeah yeah so did jesus change any of that when you became a christian and you started you know you're hungry you're getting baptized you're you know, going to church on a regular basis, did you find that, uh, I know that you said with your mom, you didn't really notice anything when you were home, when you weren't at church, did it change anything for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I felt some other kind of calm most of the time. And like, I don't know, I didn't feel as stressed in my everyday life. I felt some kind of peace knowing he's with me mm-hmm. um, and he's in control and he has a plan. And Yeah. yeah. Um, in those days of, you know, you're, what is it, 14, 15 years old? Um, yeah. Yeah, around that age. Um, yeah. Did you find that you were hungry for relationship with him um, as much as you were hungry for, like, the relationship of, you know, people around you? So... Um, were you like praying a lot on your own or reading the Bible a lot on your your own at, during that time? I was praying a lot and listening to worship and yeah, I was really seeking relationship yeah. with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, it was still hard with yeah. the friends. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so then, uh, 2020 fast forward three years right three or four years why did you decide you wanted to become an exchange student (laughs) that's a long time ago (laughs) I wanted an adventure something new um and I'd heard about this journey to experience a different culture for to live in the real thing. I don't, I've never been a person who wants to go 
to the city of New York and see the popular tourist things. I I want the real mm. culture, and uh, I think that was one thing that encouraged me to actually do an exchange. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you're pursuing relationship with Christ, you're doing church service, you're praying, maybe reading your Bible occasionally, listening to worship music for sure. And uh, was there a tension between the culture around you, like um, maybe the secular culture of Sweden and your newfound faith? Did you feel like you were different? Did that help uh, contribute to feeling maybe a little different than others? No, um, I don't think I thought much about it. Mm. Um, but, but I was also so into my own thoughts that I, I knew what I believed and I went strong with that, but it might not have shown mm. very much from the outside. I was in my own world with everything. Yeah. So when it came to school peers, because um, I've talked to people, in fact, one of them uh, I talked to, she's from Sweden as well. She's like, I can say this because she shared this with me. She goes, we're like a pretty shallow culture. This, this is what she told me yeah. about like when it comes to faith. Is that, do you find that that's true? Like all around yeah. you? Okay. What does that mean for you? Like, I mean, Small talk is talking about the weather, and yeah. that's like the basics. Even with people you've met a few times, you you don't go to the deep level with people you don't really know. Yeah. So, were you able to have deep conversations with people about faith during that time? Not really. I mean, I talked to a few other youth leaders. Um, occasionally, but otherwise I was pretty much alone mm. in that. Yeah. Okay, so 2020 happens. Yeah. You were feeling unhappy inside. You didn't know how to express that. Um, and then you find out you're not going to get to come on exchange. You don't get this new experience things kind of spiraled out of control for you. Um, yeah. So how did you get out of that pit? You said you've been doing a little bit better, but at the same time, you also said um, that you feel like you've drifted away from your faith a little bit. Um, yeah. Tell me about that. What do, what do you think made you drift away? Was it, a, and I'm going to ask this, was it some disappointment that, that unhappiness wasn't relieved by, by Jesus. Yeah. I mean, as I started feeling worse, there was a lot of questions surrounding my faith. Why does this happen? And I knew, I knew and know that there are answers. I just didn't know what they, they was. And I didn't know how to, handle the situation kind of mm -hmm. um yeah i 
I just kind of started feeling like everything was unsure and as I said it started feeling like something on my to-do list to mm -hmm. pray or read the bible or do anything faith related yeah so what do you think helped you get out of that that place where you were spiraling out of control church <laughs> I yeah I was a part of that New Year's event um, this year also um, as a photographer. And that was that's always a highlight of the year. And tell me about that New Year's event, because you've mentioned it to me privately many times, but I'd love for you yeah. to share with whoever's listening. It's a big uh, youth uh, New Year's festival, kind of. Uh, in my church and it's during three days I think uh, so it's New Year's Eve, New Year's Day and the day before <laughs> New Year's Eve um, and there's a lot of worship and there's preaching and seminars and talk show and action zones Wow! it's the a whole thing with I think up to a thousand uh, young adults kind of hmm. yeah and I the past three years I think I've been a part of that as a photographer okay and that's been really fun so you go to that was it this past year that you went that you felt like was a turning point for you or where was it I mean every year is yeah. transforming um but i think this year started something more and then the real hit uh, was just a few weeks ago uh, a friend invited me to come along her um, and just kind of be in the background of the event and it was really nice and i that was another like God moment where something just snapped and in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what do you think snapped for you in that moment? Like for somebody listening, who's not a believer who, you know, has never been to Sweden. Um, <laughs> what, what got a hold of your heart? Do you think, what is it about that experience or that message or that worship that you feel like, well, that was very, that was transformative. Do you know if I can put my finger on it, but it's just a feeling, kind of, as a, oh, um, it's just this warm feeling that every, everything will turn out okay, and that he's right beside me, and that I can rest in that that I can trust in him. And even though I don't have all the answers, I know he has them. And I can just trust that he has the good answers, no yeah. matter what they are. Yeah. So there's power in community in the church, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so you have some great questions. Um, and I, I'm excited to explore them. So 
you've already filled out a little survey here. People that listen to this know about that. Um, and I'll just read uh, the ones that we talked about the other day uh, and then ask you to share a little bit more about them after I, I list them here. I'll go one at a time. The first thing you said is, I wonder a lot about why things happen in regards to suffering. I've struggled with my mental health. I don't know what to believe about the why. Is it that God makes things happen because he has a plan or a purpose? Or is it human's fault? Or is it the devil's fault? I don't know. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, I read a book recently um, about... Name, name drop where... it. Because <laughs> we're going to invite her on. Yeah, well, where is God in all the suffering, I think. And yeah, that was just about that, where he is. And it was really good. Uh, but it also brought up the question that I want to know why, or just some kind of answer to why. Yeah. Because I believe God is good, but I don't know what way he makes things happen. Um, if he plans for bad things to happen because there's a purpose with it, but that doesn't really line maybe but also I don't know I just there's a lot of questions and I just don't really know what to believe yeah I, yeah yeah well we'll definitely have somebody on here to talk about that and shout about it we will invite Amy or Ewing if you're listening uh here's a shout out to you we, we're gonna <laughs> I didn't send you this clip because that was your book. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's one that most people will ask in their uh, lifetime. And for you, it's very personal because you've been through a, yeah. a journey that's been really hard, that's involved suffering. Um, I think that's a great thing for us to talk about. The next question you have here, you said in regards to mental illness, I mean, those lines that you should just trust God if you just had more faith, how true are those in relationship to the realness of the illness? I mean, I could have definitely trusted God more when I was feeling worse than now, but I also don't think that's the only answer. I don't know what to believe. Tell me about that. I feel like in that moment when I was at my absolute worst, I know that I, I know now that I needed God more than I did. I mean, more than I prayed for, or more than I acted to actually bring life into giving him what he wants. And in that way, he'll give me what I need. A surrender. There was a holding back yeah. of a surrender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but I also know that in that place, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like that would matter. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like anything mattered. Yeah. And as I said, it just became hard to deal with even the smallest things. To open my lips and say the words was too hard. To mm -hmm. lift a finger, some days I couldn't even hold up my phone. I just 
laid in bed staring at the ceiling yeah. for hours and yeah i i know i needed more faith in my life then mm-hmm. but hearing that when you are at that place it doesn't help yeah um, i know it's true now but it doesn't help when you're right there mm-hmm. i just i don't know i also wonder accompanying the why is our sins what we get to pay in suffering if we have sinned more than others, do that mean we deserve more struggles? Does that mean that I'm worse than others because I got to go through all of that? Hmm. And yeah. That's a great question. And after we end this recording, um, I'm not gonna let that one hang, but uh, (laughs) I'm not gonna (laughs) preach at you here. But um, yeah, I think we'll we'll definitely have a thorough discussion about that. I think it's really good. Um, and it's honest. That's an honest qu- question um, that I think, uh, again, other people have asked. Um, what did help? What, what helped you on the days where you were just lying in bed and couldn't even move? What was helpful for you? people I think in those hardest times I was in the hospital for a lot of it because I was so depressed and suicidal and I just couldn't take care of myself in a way that was going to keep me alive Mm -hmm. and in those moments, I really needed to be in the hospital. I really needed nurses to check in on me and yeah. someone to talk to that understood my struggles. Even if they weren't Christians, which some some of they were, and that was noticeable. But it, just people in general. Mm-hmm. There was a power. Just, there was yeah. a power in their presence, the gift of yeah. presence there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really was. Yeah. Yeah. You also asked here, um, you said, not as much to my story, but how can a good God who accepts everyone, who forgives all sins, send people to hell? I mean, I know there's a lot of it in the Bible that I haven't read, but since I haven't read it, I wonder about all that. What is the point of life if the end goal is heaven? If we repent to God, if we end our lives, would I go straight to heaven? Are some sins worse than others? And does God see a difference? Nor that might be a two-part conversation because that's a loaded uh, question, but keep, yeah. keep going. Tell me, tell me more about all that because there's a lot there to unpack. Yeah. Um, I've wondered about all of this for a long time, but especially during my darkest times. I mean, in that place, I saw no meaning with life. And since I knew heaven would be better than even the best life on earth, I wanted to go there. Mm -hmm. And 
I also think about all those people who didn't make it through their depression or other illnesses and what made them not strong enough or not faithful enough what made them get a different outcome Hmm. did that mean they didn't get forgiveness then i don't know i it just it feels messy all of it i don't know what to think yeah what do you think stopped you Sometimes nothing. I did try and it was different things. Even though I did try several times, I also didn't more times. Mm -hmm. And it was just the thought of, I knew it was wrong. I didn't, I don't know if I necessarily wanted to end my life. I just wanted to end the pain. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that to my loved ones. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that got me through some of the thoughts and impulses. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also, I know, I always knew that there was going to be an after. If I just stayed, it will get better. Mm -hmm. There's proof of that. Mm -hmm. There's so many people who had been in the place I was and come through and live happy lives. Yeah. So I tried to hold on to that. Yeah. The best I could. But sometimes it still wasn't enough. I'm still here. You are still here and something (laughs) held you back even on the times when you would have picked something else, you know? Did you ever feel the presence of God in those moments? Was there ever a time where you were like, he's stopping me? I'm not sure. I knew there was something holding me back some of the times. But I don't know what that was. Maybe it was God saying mm-hmm. he has a better plan. Mm-hmm. But I, in those moments, I was just done with everything. I was just done with God and done with fighting. Yeah. So you didn't I think hear I just, dis- no, I distanced myself from God. Yeah. I didn't want to hear what he had to say. Yeah. This is really personal. I don't know if you want to keep this in, but I'm, I'm going to say something here. Um, you called me one time when you were in that moment. And uh, it was pretty intense. We turned on the worship music. I did. and um, I remember you yelling out, uh, he won't let me do it. And I don't know if you remember that, but I, I'll never forget that because... Um, it was just, it was like there was something holding on to you that would not let go. And there's a story that Tim Keller shares. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I 
you've, I've sent you some sermons by Tim Keller, I think. I don't know if this was one of them. I don't remember. You probably, maybe you didn't listen to him. It's okay. I send lots of yeah, things to lots of people. They don't listen. It's fine. But anyway, he's talking a little bit about the grace of God. And he says, anybody who's walked with God um, and been like saved, right? Like really like saved. Um, and he's not talking about, you know, necessarily from, from our own, you know, mental health stuff and, and struggles and stuff, but he's talking about like experiencing the grace. He said, it's kind of like two guys stopping by a store on their way to rob a bank. And he says, they stop by the convenience store and they tell the cashier, Hey, we're on our way to go rob a bank. And the cashier who's their friend says, don't do it. Don't do it. And they say, yeah, we're going to go do it. And they start going out and the cashier runs after him after them. And he grabs both of them, but one of them gets away. And one of them struggles with him. And it's stuck, right? And the other guy who got away, he goes to rob the bank, he ends up killing somebody ends up in prison. And the one who was stuck knows that if he had had his way, he would have gone straight there and made that decision and ended up in in a prison of his own making. But that the grace was something grabbed a hold of him and wouldn't let go. And if he had could have chosen differently, he would have. But for whatever reason, God held on. And I've had that experience in my life in a very different way. But I know um, just from, you know, seeing your journey and hearing you talk right now, that sounds like a very similar experience to you. And it gives us more empathy for the people around us, because we realize, wait a second, why? Why did I get saved? Why am I allowed to experience that grace? Because if I had had a choice, I would have picked something else. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I, I try not to push back on the first episode, but sometimes it just comes out of me. Uh, A little preaching. Um, When uh, we talked about what or who inspires you, you shared that mostly the people in your life, your friends and your family, and uh, everyone inspires you in different ways. You said some are creative, kind or have a strong faith, nature and the small things that bring peace inspire me. Um, but I want to know Jesus. in Jesus, what, what gives you hope? What gives you hope? That was still hard for me. I still struggle with that. I want to live a better life. I want to feel happy. I know that. And I'm going to fight like, I'm going to fight for that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what gives me hope. I mean, I know more than I believe, kind of. Mm. I know that I can make it through. I know that God has a plan, but I don't always believe it. So yeah. I just keep on going until I figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm, like I said, super grateful you're here. I'm super grateful for this conversation and these questions. Um, I do know that there's some parts of the Bible, uh, especially that were written to people in prison, right? They were written to people that were going through a suffering time, or they were written from people in prison, I should say. So like Paul stuck, you know, in house arrest in Rome. Um, I think Ephesians might have been written that way. Uh, Philippians, perhaps. Anyway, I'll look it up. And if you can read Amy or Ewing's book on suffering, um, 
would you feel comfortable maybe reading Ephesians or Philippians, even if we have to do it together privately, you know, away from here? Um, I think that those verses would really encourage you um, because one of the things that brings me hope and uh, even as we're talking here is God has some promises for you, you know, and we know those promises because we know his word. And when you sent a care package to our home a couple of years ago, you put in there this Bible that your church hands out on New Year's Eve, I think, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it says on in English, although it's Swedish and English, which by the way, I had a little Bible study here in the wintertime. And one of the girls was from Sweden. And it was so precious to be able to hand that Bible to her and have her be able to read scripture (laughs) in her own language. It was so great. But anyway, it says right on the front, it says, you are loved. You are loved. And the Bible is God's love letter to us. It's a story from beginning to end of his relationship with humanity, you know, and his plan for our brokenness. And it's just um, a story of redemption and messing up, obviously a lot of mess ups, but it's also the glory of God. And it's, it is hard to dig into sometimes. So if uh, we can, you know, grab a couple of books that we can look at together, that would be awesome. Or even, uh, you know, if we just check in with one another and say, hey, how's that reading going or whatever. But if it doesn't add too much stress. But I think, um, you know, I think of what scripture says, the enemy, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come to give life and life to the full. And that includes the joy that he has for you, Nora. So I'm so excited that we're doing this and I'm so excited for the people to come on and just encourage you and love on you and point you back to, um, you know, the Lord and also answer some of these hard questions that you've brought up in a way that, um, you know, it's uh, consistent with what the Bible says and also admits that there's things in the Bible too. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I've read the Bible and it's, uh, it's beautiful and the most amazing book ever. And there's also things in there that are really hard because uh, I was just got done recording a podcast not recent or recently with a young guy. Um, he's uh, he's same sex attracted and he's celibate. And he was talking about what the Bible says about uh, homosexuality. And it was a really interesting conversation. But he's like, listen, if you can read the Bible and it doesn't rub you the wrong way some places, uh, <laughs> you're missing something like no matter who yeah. you are, you're going to read stuff that it's like, whoa, that was hard. That was hard. Um, so anyway, um, whoever's listening, I hope that's, <laughs> I hope that's an encouragement to you. If you read the Bible and you're, you're going, man, this is tough. Uh, maybe that's okay. It's okay to go to the Lord and be like, Hey, wait a second. This is hard. I did that this morning, Brian and I, we were reading the Bible and I was like, wait a second, that's the only gospel that mentions that. And then in my prayer to the Lord, I'm like, God, I help me with my unbelief. Like, did that really happen like that? You know, and um, just walking by faith and uh, digging in. So anyway, I'm rambling on here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. No. What do you hope to get out of this? I hope to, well, 
get some answers, <laughs> but also mostly just hearing other people's perspective and probably from people who know more <laughs> and who knows the Bible. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm interested to hear what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Me too. Yeah. I'm excited. If you're listening to this, um, don't let this be the last episode that you listen to. Okay. You gotta come back next week because, um, we're going to have some great conversations here. Um, Nora's questions have answers, the side of eternity and, um, you don't want to miss it. Okay. So come back and Nora, thank you for being so vulnerable and honest and gracious in this and real. And I love you. Uh, until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.